Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in five, four, three, two, one. Jeff Cameron show Monday of the first week of college football and away we go. Great to be with you. Thanks for being with us. Let's ride. I'm Jeff. That's Tom Rick Matthew in the house on Twitter. It's at J Cameron show. This week's going to fly by. Going to fly by. And then we're watching college football week zero 20 straight Saturdays of college football. Friends begins this Saturday. Navy, Notre Dame, two thirty. UTEP, Jacksonville state, UMass, New Mexico state. Doesn't matter. I could say any two teams that are legitimate programs. I don't care if they're the 111th best, 107th best squaring off. You are going to be excited just like I am excited. And we are ready to go. We'll have some fun announcements here. Uh, Tom and I are going to talk to you about some stuff we're doing. Of course, the War Chant Gang, we're all uh, doing something to help provide uh, plenty of content and coverage for Florida State and uh, and the entirety of college football. But uh, soon enough, Tommy, we'll be telling everybody very specifically. I'm getting asked more and more. You can tell we're that close and the people are ready to make their commitments, their tailgates, their arrangements with friends. I'll meet you here. Then we're going to go there while we're in Orlando. Then we're going to come over here. And the next thing you know, we're going to watch Jeff and Tom do the pregame show. And that's going to whoop ass. And it is going to whoop ass. And that's going to be over here by Hooch. And then there's this thing. And if you're watching on War Chant TV, we'll flash up on the screen right now. I can tell you everything that is happening. War Chant live in Orlando We'll do a live Seminole headlines on a Saturday, a meet and greet, 4 p.m. Live show, 5 o'clock, Hooch, Wall Street Plaza downtown. Then on game day itself, Tom and myself from 12 to 2, 12 to 2 at the Wall Street Plaza. And then the post game show live until 1 a.m. 1 a.m. 
It's uh, going to be at Hooch. So there, or right, right there. Yeah. Uh, I would like to change that time if I could, please, for the post game <laughs> show. I, I would like to change it to one and O a.m. Oh, nicely done. So one and O a.m. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I did some checking. I wanted to make sure I wasn't wrong on that. I, I said I asked you guys about Dion in Colorado just out of curiosity to get a gauge on the chat and the interaction there, uh, what the number was. And I think I said, would you take four for Dion? I'm taking a resounding under on four wins for Colorado. Uh, the number Vegas has is three and a half. So count me on that under. I'd be surprised if they came, uh, if they got the four wins, I'd be very, very surprised if they got the four wins. Probably stunned. Well, there are also, um, there are teams, and you could say Florida State was one of these last year, that they'll sneak up on you and surprise you. You won't circle the calendar because Florida State's been asleep at the wheel for so long. And then you play Florida State, you go, oh, wait a minute. This game's over. It's in the first quarter. I think that happened to a couple teams last year. Georgia Tech, Boston College. Well, the Syracuse game as well. Florida State, for any one of those teams, Boston College on the road in week three, uh, Wake Forest on the road, I mean, we're going to be circled. Because a lot of people are picking us to be ACC champions. We've got a Heisman contender and so forth. So it's like the old days. You're going to get better than what the film says from a lot of different teams this year. Colorado is in a weird spot because of Deion Sanders that everybody's going to circle them, even though they suck. So that does not help their case. They will sneak up on nobody this year because of all the bluster of the offseason. Let me tell you what. They better beat Colorado State on September the 16th. They better win that game. Because if they don't, I'm counting losses against TCU and Nebraska. Now, you might say they could beat Nebraska. Fine, let's bet. I'll take Nebraska. But they're hosting Colorado State. They better win that game. The following week, they're on the road against Oregon. They're going to get blasted. They're hosting Southern Cal. They're going to get blown out. If they have lost to Colorado State in that time, they're going to be sitting at 0-5. Okay, and then it gets interesting because you have some winnable games, I suppose. But if you lose to Colorado State, what's a winnable game? On the road at Arizona State? On the road at UCLA? Perhaps home to Stanford? Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Are you going to beat Oregon State? No. Could you beat Arizona? I guess. Man, I could see them winning one game against Washington State. Maybe. Mm. And getting blown the hell out by Utah at the end of the year by 50. So, there you go. I'm taking a resounding under for Colorado, just just as you know. A good question from P. Simpson, as is usually the case. Higher total, Colorado wins or <laughs> Jackson, West, Jackson West catches? We had uh, a <laughs> We had a moment in time that I'll try to cherish – because it may be the only moment that I get to cherish a play being made by Jackson West. In practice, I don't think Mike would be mad at me. Jackson West made a tough catch, turned it upfield for a big gain a couple weeks back. Tears welled in my eyes as Jackson West made that play. The first and only play he's ever made since arriving in Tallahassee at any point. Well, he will be able to, in his later years, brag about how he caught a pass in practice from the great Brock Glenn. The great Brock Glenn. It was a laser. Yeah, it was. 
Uh, yeah, man. I I root for the guy. I root for the guy. Uh, I want to see. Listen, to watch that dude these days walk off the field. He's an Adonis. He he ought to be good if we're just going by body types. Like you ought to be a good player, and he's got the right demeanor. And that when he's practiced, he's chippy and mean. Like he gets in arguments with people. It's just, damn it, man. <laughs> it's just, it's a toughie. That so in the, in the spirit, I, I just can't mention Brock Land even you know, in a passing fashion without coming back to him. In the spirit of the Aviva Stadium, Aerolingus Football Classic this week, mm. the 2024 Aerolingus Football Classic, Brock Glenn passes for over or under 249 and a half yards. Over. May not need to. Yeah. May not need to. Georgia Tech is um, in a tough spot. But you may want to get some work in with Hakeem Williams and Vandravius Jacobs and on down the line because, you know, there's a lot of attrition from one year to the next. So we need to get ourselves in a rhythm here with live action. Hakeem Williams, I might note, has had a good camp. Uh, he's come a long way. He's a great example of what I referred to last hour about newcomers walking in. They've been the bell of the ball wherever they were in high school because they're bigger and stronger and faster and just more dominant, right? And then they get somewhere where everybody was that guy for their respective teams and it's a bit overwhelming. And, you know, he came in, I thought, way too big as a wide receiver. He looked more like he was going to be a tight end, and he may end up being a tight end. He's a big, strong dude. It's an impressive um, physical uh, presence for him. But he's a guy that I thought needed to slim down. I thought he needed to get himself in better condition, just cardiovascular, being able to run, being able to get out there and go, play in and play out. He wore down. He would he would miss the tail end of practices in the spring. He's tired. You know, and, and I'm yelling over the, on the sidelines, Orange Theory Fitness, brother, let's go. Get you on one of them treads and start running. But he, he, he slimmed way down. He came into camp in shape. He looks so much better. And it's a testament to the depth. Corey Clark said this on Wake Up War Chain. It's a testament to the depth of this wide receiving unit, this wide receiving core, that he's not really a thought of option right now amongst the upper crust of that segment group. He's, you know, I mean, he's going to play now. You're going to watch him play. He's, he's going to play football this year for Florida State in games. He's going to make plays. But he's not a guy that you're expecting a ton out of. You're not thinking to yourself – Oh, well, I expect to see him have a five-catch, 100-yard game in the first few weeks. Like That's not who he is, not yet. Well, maybe Southern Miss, but I know what you're saying. I yes, know you're saying. yeah, you um, know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, against real so, teams. Yeah, at full strength in that room, he's probably seventh, eighth, somewhere in there. I mean, you know, just a raw guess. Could be even lower down the list, but what I will say is watching him in the spring, I believe it was you and I who were having the conversation over at Hauser watching that, and clearly he didn't have to be refined in his route running like Dre Jacobs did because he was just so big and strong. And so in high school, because you're that fast and you're that strong and you're that profile, refinement isn't a thing. Well, he has, he's already improved a huge, huge amount from spring to now in terms of breaking off of routes. It's still not perfect. The timing's not all the way down. Mm -hmm. But he just looks a hell of a lot more like a wide receiver than a, a huge dude who's got athleticism you know, to – rival anybody in the country yeah i think that's correct um i believe he's a guy that uh by the middle of the year could be interesting 
he may rise up that depth chart you're referencing. I think he could be a guy where you start, you know, you start having that conversation with your friend. Hey, Hakeem was in a lot more sets this weekend. He was he was out there quite a bit this weekend. Um, yeah, yeah but for the reasons that you gave too, uh, they're going to need him to be kind of a star next year, not this upcoming year, but the, the year after they are. And I, I'll be very interesting. This is another aspect of this season as we sit here on week zero, highly anticipating these first games, getting excited about our options and where we're going to watch and who we're going to watch it with, and you know, just just launching another season of the sport that we're so passionate about. There are a lot of little things to pay attention to as this program builds toward, towards being an annual presence at the end of the year fighting for a college football playoff spot. Now, this year, there's only four teams. Next year, to be 12. You would like to get to a place where you're assuming your spot is secured in a 12-team playoff if your program is operating to peak efficiency. But to get to that place, there are still steps that need to be taken. And one of the things that happens with year-over-year successes in big-time college football. You see it with Georgia right now. You've seen it with Alabama for years. And once Clemson got rolling, you really saw it with them. You see it with most programs. Ohio State's included in that conversation. One of the things that happens is that you bring in great players. That's that's a given, right? The Jimmys and Joes, not the X's and O's. You bring in the stars. You bring in players. You bring in great transfer portal players, a part of that equation these days. And Mike and company have mastered that. Now it's transferring to... Uh, the high school ranks where you're getting yeses from big-time players who were being considered by Alabama and Georgia and others. So that's another step that had to be taken, and you're going to continue to improve upon that as you get more yeses and more successes on the field. But you build that depth to a place where in the seven to eight games in which you throttle the opponent because your team talent is so much greater than theirs, these young guys that you're excited to get yeses from and the recruiting trail, you begin to watch play a lot of football in their freshman year, their redshirt freshman year, and certainly by their sophomore year, you're beginning to see them play quite a bit. They are the future, and they may not be starters, but they play a lot because you're up by 30 in the third, or you're up by 24 early in the fourth, or whatever it might be. And that tends to build a camaraderie that's often overlooked. We talk about a team's goals, and we talk about the camaraderie in the locker room and player ownership uh, and having a credo that you live by and, and you know, being held to standards uh, where the upperclassmen pass it down to the next. And, and the coaches uh, send that resounding message over and over and over again. But one of the things that helps see that gel is getting to play. I mean, let's just talk about it. Like, you're sitting there as a star high school player, and all you've ever done is be him. You've been that guy. You've been a star. You were all district, all city, all state. Uh, you were a four or a five star. You got, well, back when I, back in the olden day, kids, you'd get letters. I'll never, I'll never forget the first letter I ever got. My God. This is a letter saying, hey, we like the way you play football. It was a good feeling. But these days, you don't get letters. Uh, but nonetheless, you get noticed. Somehow, some way, you get noticed, and you're used to that attention. And then from there, you expect that the transition may be a little bumpy. It's your first time away from home. It's all those things that we speak of. But you do still have the kind of confidence that comes with being an elite player. You want to get on the field, man. And the longer that you're sitting on the sideline not playing yet going through those grueling practices, 
uh, the more apt you are, unfortunately, to then start to have a wandering eye. In today's college football, you have to factor that in. Can you get good enough that these kids get a lot of playing time early in their transition? Not reps in which you need them to help you win the games, although there will be some kids who fall under that umbrella, but rather reps that just satiate the appetite to be on the field and compete the way that you always have. And you get to do that, A, because college football transitioned from an antiquated way of doing things uh, in yesteryear to what we see now, which is that you can play in four games. And you can play the hell out of some plays in those four games, and it doesn't matter. You can retain your redshirt if need be. But you can play in those four games, and the question is whether or not your team's good enough that would see you play in those four games, right? When you're bad, when you're a sub-500 program or barely getting by, there aren't too many opportunities where the kind of security that you feel in which you can tab a kid to take the field early in the third quarter of a game is presented. See Jacksonville State, right? So you got to have a program that has arrived at that place where there are so many chances to give guys a lot of reps, that too builds camaraderie. That too builds confidence. That too builds, uh, sort of gels what we're talking about here where guys can say, yeah, go to Florida State. They got a lot of great players. People are always wondering, why would you go to an Alabama when in front of you are three and four guys that are going to go to the league that are five-star players? Well, A, kids want to win. They want to win. They want to win national championships or have a shot at it. And they want to go to the league. But the other reason is because they get opportunities to play in big-time college football games because Bama's steady beating the bejesus out of people. They get out there quick. They get out there early. And if it happens this year, it'll be the second year in a row that you can do that and afford your roster the opportunity. There was, you know, more than half of your schedule last year, you were able to put young players out there in situations to get used to the speed of college football. This season figures to have at minimum five such opportunities. I think there'll be more than that, maybe against some named teams. Like last year, I don't know if on August the 21st, we expected Florida State to be able to get those kinds of players in against Miami. But certainly by the middle part of the first quarter against Miami, you realized, oh, if I'm a freshman, I'm saying, oh, I'm going in today. Mm -hmm. Let me get it stretched out, man. I I didn't know I was going to play today, but now I know. I better get ready for the opportunity. But what it also does is it creates a higher level of interest the way it used to be, the way it was for 29 straight, and the way it was for the entirety of the 1990s, which is my attention is still absolutely fixed on the field, on the television screen, on whatever it is, as a Florida State fan or supporter, because I want to see what these young kids can do. I want to see what these blue chippers that we worked so hard to close on in December or these kids we got out of the portal. I want to know what Ashlyn Barker's about. I want to know what Hakeem or Dre Jacobs or Goldie Lawrence is all about. Man, I hear Sam Singleton can fly. Can we see that in a game? I mean, that's what's coming next. Landon Thomas next year. You know, if you can get an opportunity against Georgia Tech to have Landon Thomas break in his career with a Brock Glenn Luke Cromanhawk could play in that Georgia Tech game in the second half next year. Come on, man. That's People get excited about that. I feel excited about the prospects of seeing some of these players, especially against Southern Miss and hopefully Boston College as well in weeks two and three. It's so funny because here we sit again. This is week zero. We're going to get to see college football this weekend. And I'm reminded, Tom, I'm going back to when I was in school and I, I'm thinking back like 93, 94, 92, 93, 94, 95, those years – And 
I remember looking out on the field and and late in games, and you're looking for like a freshman that you'd heard a lot about or a redshirt freshman that you'd heard a lot about. Uh, in '94, for example, uh, Daryl Bush was on that team, linebacker. Okay, Daryl Bush went on to be an All-American. Daryl Bush was a stud, but he was a redshirt freshman that year. There were guys like that. There was a kid from St. Pete, uh, Glenn, I think it was, and I remember wanting to see him get – and these guys would all get in. They'd all have a ch- – and you're locked in like that's the next stud. That's the next guy. And you couldn't wait. And then you're watching a game in the fourth quarter. I remember sitting with my buddy Eric, and he's like, man, it's 52 to nothing. Yeah, yeah, but they're getting ready to put that fourth team in. I'm telling you, some of these kids are going to be incredible. You know, and you couldn't wait to watch it. Uh, I want to do that again. I want I, I want that to happen again. It's also a sign that your program is out of control healthy. I mean, it's like, you know, you're at a place where it's kind of silly. That would be where it's as healthy and as robust as perhaps the giant menu you see when you're in the drive-thru oh, of your neighborhood. Oh, this guy is the real MVP. Tom Lang can work a Zaxby's in to anything. I'm reminiscing about 1994 rosters and kids getting games that are up 52 to nothing, and he's thinking – you know, that's nice, Jeff, but you know what's better? A big-ass Zaxby's sandwich, split-top bun, three thick-cut pickles, Zax sauce to go with some fries, and then maybe a platter on game day. That's what you're thinking. Yes. Uh, in fact, I was thinking when you were talking about how we won't see our families for six or seven months because, of course, the pros count, too. we got to still continue to watch Oh, they'll see football. us watching football is what they'll see. It- Right, but they can also see us walking through the door with a platter once or twice because we've done that the last couple mm-hmm. of years. We have we have conditioned our families and our households, respectively, that there's going to be a lot of chicken this football season, and you're going to love that, and yeah. you're going to count on that as a part of your week. So we'll make sure that we hit up our friend Danny the way you should out there because he's been a Golden Chief booster for over 18 years. He has, and uh, Zaxby's uh, 67 locations in Tallahassee. I don't know what they have in other parts of Florida or Georgia, but Tallahassee has 67 locations, so there's really no excuse. You're going to bump into a Zaxby's when you leave a Zaxby's. It's Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hey guys our next partner is ag1 the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health i drink it quite literally every single day I began using AG1 because, I'll be honest with you, I don't like to take a bunch of pills and vitamins, and I just wanted something that tastes great, was quick, and easy to remember, so I do it. I do it every morning when I wake up. I certainly have it right after my coffee and before I work out, and I will tell you this, too. It is um, a simple, effective investment for your health. You can try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash JCS. Again, that's go to, all you got to do is go to uh, drinkag1.com slash JCS. 
That's drinkag1.com slash JCS. Check it out. It's delicious. It's quick. It's easy. It's proven. Vitamins, probiotics, whole food source nutrients. Start your day with it. You'll feel better. I promise. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Yo, microphone check, one, two, what is this? The five for the seven. Jeff Cameron Show on a Monday. Yes, uh, really quickly, uh... I'll answer the question that Briley, I think, posed and also gives me an opportunity before we bring in our dear friend, colleague, and the great Irash Fell of Warchant.com. Before we do, I will uh, just note really quick, quarterback club tomorrow night, uh, that is Mike Norvell as the guest speaker. I used to introduce the guest speaker back in the day. I think 530 uh, is, is when you can get there. Also, TallahasseeQBClub.com is where you're going to want to get your tickets. Featured speaker, Mike Norvell, University Center Club, August 22nd, 5.30 p.m. It is the 74th annual kickoff dinner. By the way, Tallahassee Quarterback Club does really good stuff for uh, kids in the community, local high schools, coaches, players, fans, all that good stuff. All right, let's bring him in. Irashfell, Warchant.com. Got the, uh, the smash tonight. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm great, Jeff. How you doing, man? I'm good. We got a live version of Ira today. Look at him. He's on the screen. He got a little sun this morning. He was edging. He was edging out in the driveway in his Baltimore Orioles cap. He's beaming with pride these days. I don't know where that Orioles cap was two years ago, Ira, but man, it's on that head every day these days. It was in the uh, <laughs> it was in the mothballs a couple years ago, Jeff. But but uh, that's the thing now. Like, it's not you know, it's not like just for special occasions. Like yeah. if I if if well, there's any occasion to wear an Orioles cap right now. First place in the American League. They never lose. I mean, look at, I mean just another sweep this weekend. Well, it was it's the just A's, a, sir. Hey, and if we could play the A's every weekend, I'd be happy. <laughs> they are fun, and they, you know, listen, as a Pirates fan, uh, 55 and 69 these days are the Pittsburgh Pirates. I always have found, and I get, it's an art form. I find a team. Now I always root for the Rays. I know that's going to bother you. Uh, but that's you know that's my hometown there. But I I always try to find another team that I can latch onto and enjoy their success. Partly because I have probably a friend uh, who's who's rooting for that team. Or so, and you're the guy this year. The Orioles are a team that I grew up liking as well. Uh, I've given the many reasons why. So it would be great to see you face off against the Braves in the World Series and sweep the Atlanta Braves. Ira, let's make it happen. I feel like there's a pretty good chance of that happening. <laughs> Uh, it would be fun. It would be fun. All right, so it's the start of college football. We've largely made it through camp. Don't you think now this is where we just start seeing sort of uh, a dialed-back approach? We start game prepping now. Guys, if you if you made it through camp to this point healthy, we feel like we're on the other side, right? For the most part, you know, like you, you know, obviously you guys know as well as anybody that things can happen. It doesn't necessarily have to be a ton of contact, but yeah, man, it's a great thing to get through both scrimmages and feel like you pretty much run skate. Now, some guys were banged up after the first scrimmage, but they're expected to be back soon. If they haven't already come back already, uh, there's probably a couple of guys that got a little banged up in this past scrimmage, but again, none of the serious, serious injuries that maybe really change the complexion of a position. And 
when you've got as much talent and experience as this Florida State football team is, you don't, you know, the idea of getting through it unscathed is awesome because it just means you have a chance to really maybe do some special things. All right, who's got the chance to do uh, the most surprising of the special things? I said Jaheim Bell earlier in the show would be a superstar before we get to week six. Uh, is there another name you want to throw out there? Folks are now locked in. We got 630 people here in the chat, thousands listening throughout Tallahassee, and then, of course, millions more on the stream. They all want to know who else is going to be a star that we're not talking about or is not on the tip of the tongue in those that cover college football nationally. You know, on offense, and we've talked a lot about these newcomers, but a guy that we haven't talked about a whole lot in camp uh, that um, I think by the end of the season will be a guy that – uh, people are talking about is Rodney Hill. Uh, I just think, you know, we, we, we knew what he looked like last year in, in uh, practices. We talked him up in the spring, but then once you get into preseason camp, you know, it's kind of, it's the Trey Benson show, Kaziah Holmes, uh, Lawrence Tofili. but I still have a feeling that Rodney Hill is going to be one of those guys that hits the home runs. And, you know, the other day after practice, Corey was asking Lawrence Tofili who's the fastest guy on the team. And, you know, he went with Rodney Hill, his guy in the backfield. And I'm not sure Rodney Hill's the fastest guy on the team, but he is a big-time speed guy. And so I th- I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's a guy that ends up with six, 700 yards just by hitting five or six really big-time plays. Defensively, I said that basically the key to Florida State's reaching of all their goals, winning the conference, going to the college football playoff, it's all about the defense. I think we're right to assume the offense is littered with stars in the making, depth on the offensive line, and a superstar quarterback. Set it and forget it on this offense. How much better is this defense going to be, in your opinion, Ira, now that we're through these two scrimmages and, by and large, through the bigger part of camp? How much better is this defense going to be than last? It was good last year, but has a chance to be great this year, do you think? I mean, if the front seven stays healthy and that it was not able to do that last year, um, that to me is the big difference. And they've got a little bit more margin for error this mm-hmm. year, even with even without Daryl Jackson. You've got a little bit more margin for error, error on the defensive line and at linebacker to where if you do have a guy banged up or slowed up, it's not going to be the end of the world. Um, I love this secondary. I really think they've they've had a great camp. Uh, I think Patrick Sertan's done has done a really good job with them. They for whatever reason, they seem to connect with him and they're being much more aggressive. And that, that front seven has a chance to be dominant if it can stay healthy. Now, if that happens, yeah, it could be a very good defense. It could be an improved defense from a defense that last year ranked in the top 20 nationally in a, a lot of categories. The problem is going to be, I don't know if the numbers are going to look all that much better because they're going to be on the field a lot. This offense is going to score a lot. And they're probably going to be in some games where uh, you know maybe they sit some guys in, in, in the second half and maybe – Teams score a little bit against the backups, but I think it's got a chance. To, I think it. I think it will be a better defense than it was a year ago. I just don't know if it'll look that way on paper. Yeah, I think it's going to be a much better defense than it was uh, last year. I think more consistent, even against the good opponents. I really do. I think they're going to be pretty good. I, I agree with you up front. If they're healthy, they got to be. They could be a game changer. Is there a player that maybe has played a lot of football but is not as well thought of? Um, on that defense that you think has a career turnaround this year, or is there a newcomer that you would like to circle and let the fans know, hey, there's another guy that I think is maybe not talked about a lot, but he's going to be a very good player for this defense? I hope it's not just, you know, 
me being, uh, I don't know, sympathetic to his situation, but I really believe Dennis Briggs may have a good year. I think, and I think you talked I about agree. him some. Yes. And, uh, and, you know, he's finally, you know, man, give that guy all the credit in the world. In, a, in an era where players are constantly transferring and looking for new opportunities, that guy has done everything they've ever asked him to do, comes as his defensive end. During the COVID year, he wasn't going to play. I think his family didn't want him to play during the COVID year, but they were so banged up. Marvin Wilson and those guys got hurt on the defensive line. He comes back and plays defensive tackle. Then when they need him to end, he goes back to end. Then they need him to tackle, he goes back. And now he's he's found a home at defensive tackle. And I think, man, you know, I I, I we wrote an article over the I wrote an article over the weekend about five position battles. I think you still need to look it out for and. One of the positions I talked about was defensive tackle, and some people dismissed it as, oh, it's it's definitely Fisk and, and love it if they're both he- healthy. Probably, but I think Briggs is going to be in that top three or top four, man. I, I really think he's a, a guy that can be an every-down defensive lineman, and Tom pointed out of practice. You know, you get in third long and you put him at defensive tackle, that's that could be some damage. I love him. I've been rooting for him. I thought it was going to be last year. And then it made me sad because as I was watching it last year, early in the year, I think I said to you and I said to Tom, damn it, he's still not right. He's still not there. The guy we saw before being cheap-shotted by Louisville, bastards, the guy we saw uh, that was was the up-and-coming star that they thought he was, we have not seen since. That well, we got glimpses at the end of last season, right? Uh, at the very end of last season, he had a couple of really good games late, and I went, ooh, maybe it's happening. It's happening. He's had a great camp. I love your selection. I think that's absolutely right. I think uh, that he's a guy that uh, could could have a huge season. We're not talking about him because they've got so many other names. Anything on the front that you can share with us? If you know anything, great. If you don't, I understand. I'm I'm one of those people. I think I've heard the same thing you have. This may work out for them with the Daryl Jackson situation, Ira. Is there anything more you can tell us on that? Nothing uh, concrete. Yeah. But just, you know, there is a feeling, I think, that that some of this political pressure may pay off in, in the sense that, look, you know, you get, you're, you're in a situation here where the NCAA wants Congress to help them with NIL and pay to play and all those types of things. If the NCAA wants that help, can they really just completely dismiss it when these politicians are reaching out for help on these for these players? So we'll see. I mean, I haven't heard anything concrete, um, but I feel like there's a better chance now than I did two weeks ago. I thought it was case closed, and I think the door's probably open. Kayvon wants to know in the chat, Ira, I'm interested in your opinion on this. I haven't asked you about it. We haven't talked about it together. Is Cypress a starter? I think he is. Um, I wouldn't bet my mortgage on my house on it, <laughs> but uh, I do think he is. I think he'll, I'll say this. I think those top three or four corners are all going to play a ton. Yep. Him, Renardo Green, Jarian Jones, Cesario Thomas, probably throw a couple of other guys in there as well. Um, but I do think he ends up starting. And then finally, I would ask you, uh, you like Florida State by more or less than 14 points against LSU? 14, huh? <laughs> I, I, hey, listen, man, I like Florida State as a strong cover in that game. I, I really do. I feel good about this game. I think uh, the stuff out of LSU's camp uh, is is not shocking to me. And I think, uh, I mean, I think Florida State's in a much better position. I think, I mean, I think we're, we're a lot of the hand wringing about this game is based on just what Florida State was for those three or four years between when they were really good and where they are now. And I think, uh, or where they were last year, 
I think Florida State's in a much better position. I think they're going to win the game. I asked you specifically, partly to have fun because we're kind of still, you know, a, a good bit out yet, two weeks out. But also because I know you feel that way, you feel strongly that Florida State's going to win this game. And uh, so there you go, kids. If you if you want to if you want to take the three, I was all in on that. And I think if you can corner Ira, if you see him out and about, make him give you some points. I'll, I'll give you 14. Just come find me. <laughs> I'm not as easy to find as Corey. You can't just roll into the CP right. at any time any of day. Any time of day and find him sitting there, right. But but if you find me, uh, I'll, I'll, I may not give you 14, but I might give you more than three. What you drinking on the smash tonight? That's <sighs> a good question. Don Julio week. <laughs> it's Don Julio week, baby. It's week zero. We got college football this Saturday. Uh, we'll, we'll think about it. No Don Julio. I'll give it some thought. No Don Julio. You want maybe, maybe red stripe. Is it a red stripe? See if Tom. It might be, but I'll see if Tom can uh, talk me into it. All right. Uh, that's tonight, everybody. Watch the smash seven o'clock. Always be good, Ira. Thanks. Later, brother. Uh, <laughs> he's giving him the drink signal. Little Don Julio action. Uh, it's the Jeff Cameron Show, ninety-three-three Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice. Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com. Thanks to you, uh, Ira Chaffel. You'll see him and Tom tonight on the Smash. That is tonight at 7 o'clock. You should uh, jump on board, get your questions in, listen along, enjoy the conversation, celebrate another day rounding to a close as we get closer and closer to the first college football game of the year, which is this Saturday. Uh, C.C. Dimps, what's the news on Akeem Williams? He's had a good camp. He's well down the depth chart, as I've said before. It's a testament to uh, just how good this uh, wide receiver room has been and how much better it is, certainly, than it was just a few short years ago. They are worlds removed from when they were, sadly, one of, if not the worst, receiving uh, segment groups in the uh, conference. So they've come a long way, and a lot of credit uh, to this entire staff, obviously, you're happy for Ron Dugans, and he's doing a great job with these guys right now. So want to continue to see that be the case. They could have a huge year. I mean, you've got a quarterback who is as confident as you could possibly be going into this season with a very good offensive line, an opportunity to be balanced, talent in the backfield, as I've mentioned before. But I think a wonderful play-calling tandem, uh, game-planning when you look at Mike and Alex, I think they're great. Mike has proven everywhere he's ever been uh, to be a very, very good offensive mind. And I think he teams wonderfully, obviously, with Alex. So 
uh, I suspect this will be a big, big year. Some interesting numbers uh, that uh, were sent to me over the weekend, and I want to do something with them tomorrow. Burke Buchanan, uh, who's a friend of ours and does a lot of work for us, and we're going to be talking about him more in the coming days for opportunities this uh, this Friday for you guys. Uh, but it has to do with scoring points and how many times uh, you know they've reached certain numbers and what the records are in the Norvell era, going back to Memphis. And uh, I thought it was a pretty good insight as to just how prolific, once he gets his guys in place, Mike Norvell is on offense and, and what he's been in his, the course of his career. Uh, do I think, Briley writes, do I think we'll beat LSU by 10-plus? You know, it it's hard. It's it's one of those things where, admittedly, you look at LSU, you, the brand, and you know what they did after they played us last year in winning the West, and you know that they they have a quarterback that's hard to get on the ground. And if they had a stationary quarterback, I really think LSU would be in for a long, long night. But when you've got a guy that can make you miss time and again and extend plays, you feel like the race, meaning the race to a number, an offensive number, is so much greater than it should be. Uh, Look at last year. I think Florida State was on the cusp of blowing LSU out. Now, that was game one, new regime for LSU. They obviously got better as the year went on. I think Florida State is going to put up a ton of points against LSU. I say a ton. Over 30. Florida State will score over 30 points against LSU. You're telling me they're going to hold LSU to under, say, 24 points, under 21 points, in order to get that cover of uh, 10 that you're asking me about? I just I struggle with, with it a little bit. I think you could get backdoor covered on that number. But think about what we're talking about there, Briley. Florida State's an underdog going into this game. Vegas has Florida State as an underdog, and you and I and others are talking about whether or not you could cover 10 in victory. That says Florida State fans are very, very confident going into this game because you're not the only guy. I get this email and these talking points all the time. I think that Florida State fans, as we inch towards this game, are more emboldened every day by the prospects of Florida State winning convincingly in Orlando over LSU. And I'm wondering where LSU fans' heads are at. I'm not in Baton Rouge. I am not around a ton of LSU fans, although I know several. Uh, I am curious, are they getting concerned in the way that we're getting emboldened, as I just described, when we read about the problems that LSU is having in camp? I'm looking at the report of the secondary, and I'm salivating. That's number one. If I'm looking for problems for Florida State, problem areas, against an LSU test, because, again, it's it's not necessarily about what Florida State is, but the, the quality of the opponent. Interior of the offensive line is going to be something that I'm watching very closely for Florida State to start this game. I want to see how they hold up against that LSU front. They can work around it. They worked around worked around it last year pretty effectively. Harold Perkins, they want to line up more in the middle of the field and not rushing off of the edge. He was more of an edge player, an explosive playmaker that way for LSU last year. They wanted to be sideline to sideline this year. I don't know that's the smartest thing in the world that they could do. 
because you can neutralize somebody in the middle of the field with a Jaheim Bell, or let's say he comes down and you put him in conflict with Jordan Travis and Trey Benson. I feel like that might remove him from the chess match a little bit more easily than if they had him around the line of scrimmage and Jordan Travis having to worry about that player every single snap. Those are two things that I want to see how LSU tests Florida State when their defense is on the field and Florida State's offense is on the field. I think this defense is going to do enough to get off the field with zeros. That is a full stop, a punt, four or five times against LSU. That should be enough, man. I mean, really, that should be enough. If LSU comes away empty, four possessions or more. I think Florida State wins this football game. They win it right around 10, 13 points. That's where it's trending now. But like you said, you got to be very careful with this because last year they should have blown LSU out and they should have yeah. lost the game. At the, at the same time, you can argue both points. They should have lost. That's the lesser point. They should have blown them out. That's the greater point. But it's within reach. This isn't like playing Boston College or Syracuse. This no. game is absolutely uh, – it's, it's in danger at kickoff. Well, because, again, I think what you're looking at is if, if you're just talking about speed for speed and size for size and depth of talent, LSU's got a ton of talent. A ton of talent. Uh, so they're going to be, I mean, that's not, it, it's hard, I guess, with any conviction to say, all right, well, they're going to get boat raced. They could. I mean, but again, a lot of times when you're predicting a whitewashing of some sort, it's because the team that you're playing, you are bigger, stronger, and faster than. Florida State is not appreciably bigger, stronger, and faster than LSU, period. They're just not. They may have a very distinct advantage over LSU, though, if LSU's secondary is a mess that the reports out of Baton Rouge are saying that they are. But, again, if we're just talking about bigger, stronger, faster, where blowouts usually happen, Florida State is not bigger, stronger, faster than LSU. No, it's just about setting the pace. The thing I love about this particular defense, that I I love it right here, right now, Daryl Jackson, no Daryl Jackson, if they're in third and passing – if you can, if that defense is in a third and passing situation, good things are going to happen. I, I just, I mean, yes, you're facing in the first game of the schedule, probably the best scrambling quarterback that you're going to see in the entire schedule. I mean, like you, not even in the playoff, maybe unless you play him again and there's a rematch of the Sugar Bowl and the semifinal for the, you know, the national championship. Um, you're not going to see somebody who's better at turning a third and 11 and a dead play into a 25 yard gain where you just go, you got yeah. it. Yeah. Hitting me. Infuriating. Yeah. He is that type of player. But this defense, when they get in third and passing, last year I was just hoping that the ball hit the turf. Now I'm expecting the ball to hit our DB in a chest, in a chest plate, and for them to secure it. If they can get into third and passing, or they can score their way into forcing LSU to having to match and go score for score and play vertically, that's the recipe here for Florida State to pull away and win big. Let's do some probables, friends. Let's get to it. Let's thank our friends at Power Mill Training Academy, powering performance. They equip and motivate athletes focused on baseball and softball, by the way, with the specific tools necessary to reach your child's true potential. They've had 27 alumni put into the major leagues. That's doing some things. 2,000 alumni overall, 45 years of experience. You want to equip your kids, get them out there playing quality baseball and softball and being the best they can be. They also offer up camps. Uh, go to PowerMillSports.com. Cue it up, sir. It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, probables? Cubs, Tigers, Javier Assad, Alex Fado. We got the Giants in the Phillies. Scott Alexander, Aaron Nola. Cardinals, Pirates. Drew Rahm has never started a game this year for the Cardinals. Pirates are TBD, so 
We've entered that part of the season. Mets Braves. There you go, Tommy. David Peterson going for your Mets. Alan Williams going for the Braves. Mm. Red Sox, Strohs, James Paxton, Christian Christian Javier, Mariners, White Sox. Look at the Mariners hanging in there in that wild card race. How about that? Luis Castillo goes for the Mariners, and uh, Tuki Toussaint goes for the White Sox. We've got the Royals and the Athletics. Tucker Davidson, Paul Blackburn. By the way, everybody, the A's are 34-90. and 90. They are 34-90. and 90. <laughs> Rangers, D-backs, Jordan Montgomery, Slade Ciccone. Hey, now. That's like a bad, sorry superhero movie. Slade Ciccone. Marlins, Padres, TBD, Michael Waka, and Reds, Angels, Graham Ashcroft, and, uh, oh, that'd be Kraft, and Lucas Giolito. And that is a look at those that shall resign the bump. Uh, all right, Tommy, you're on the smash tonight, right? I am. 7 p.m. We'll see if the Don Julio is in tow. Enjoy it, everybody. Watch tonight at 7 o'clock. The Smash coming your way. Good job, Director Matthew. Great job, Tom. As always, to all of you, yay, college football. We've made it back, kiddos. Hang in there. Let's have a great week together. Peace.